22, verse number 12. The Bible says, I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. I write unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I write unto you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. I write unto you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abideth in you, and you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. Don't miss this next statement. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Wow, what a statement. And the world passeth away, and lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Let's go to the throne of grace. Brother Bill Casman, how about you praying? Amen. You'll be seated. Chapter 1 and verse 5 through chapter 2, verse 2. We have the means of fellowship with God. And it's through the precious blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sins that we can enter into this fellowship. Chapter 2, verses 3 through 11. Mark, mark those who are in the fellowship. How do you know that you're indeed a Christian? How do you get that assurance? How do you recognize other Christians? In verses 3 through 11, chapter 2, we have those marks. We come now to chapter 2, verse 12, and he begins to talk about the members of the family. Now John's personally addressing different members of this church, not necessarily in age, but in spiritual development, <coughs> in spiritual growth. He says, little children, he talks to young men, and he talks to the fathers. And the ideal is not so much where you're a child or a young man or where you're a father, but as much as where you are in your Christian life. We looked last week and we said this. First John and uh, the books from uh, Acts on through to Hebrews are 
our church epistles, doctrine. But from Hebrews to Jude, they are very practical, practical, day in, day out, uh, Christian living. And they were epistles that uh, pointed to just practically how to live for God. And in this uh, uh, story, he begins to use a metaphor, if you will. Uh, he uses many in the Bible, vine and branches, head and body, uh, a marital relation that's con- uh, concerning him and his church. And in this story, we have three different uh, movements of God I want to point out and I want you to see. May I say, first of all, he's got a word for the family. Dr. Lehman Strauss writes, in verse 13, the whole family is divided into three stages of spiritual development. Fathers, young men, and little children. And he said this in Hebrews 5.11, of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing you are dull of hearing. For when the time you ought to be teachers, you have need of one that teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as I need of milk and not of strong meat. For everyone that useth milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Doesn't necessarily mean he is actually literally a babe, but he's a babe in Christ. He's not, he's not grown in his spiritual life. But strong meat belongs to them that are full of age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, discern both good and evil. And in the records here, there's three voices I want you to see in this passage. First of all, I want you to see the voice of enthusiasm. I write unto you, little children, because your sins are forgiven you, for his name's sake. <coughs> I write unto you, little children. This is those that get saved by the grace of God. Are you saved today? Amen. Do you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that if you died right now, that you'd go to heaven? Amen. Are you certain that you're saved? Uh, he's talking about that one that comes to know the Lord Jesus Christ. They don't know much about the Bible. They don't know much about all the things that's going around. They just know they were lost and now they're saved and are thrilled about it. They're excited about it. And it's a, a voice of enthusiasm. Boy, new births are exciting. We had a new birth last Sunday, physically a new birth, and we got a heap more coming, amen? I'm telling you, we we uh, we we got them coming everywhere, and uh, and it's exciting. It's exciting when you have new birth. <coughs> when you have new birth, you know what? It's exciting when you have new birth at the house of God. Oh my goodness! If you're here today and you know not Jesus Christ as Savior, you need to understand. The greatest decision you'll ever make in life is trust in Jesus as your Savior. You'll never make a greater decision than that. And oh, how exciting it is when someone gets birthed in 
to the family of God. Luke 10, 20 says this, Notwithstanding this, rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, but, rejo- but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. Amen? I did a revival once, and uh, give me a little more volume. I did a revival once, and um, it was a good week, but uh, the first night, I recognized something. There was no children in the church. There was not a child one. And it wasn't until it was in the nursery, there just was no child there. And more I tell you, I reckon uh, that, that particular week, I think one of the youngest here tore a bathroom door off or something or other. And I was kind of aggravated with these rugrats and, and, uh, and, and everything complaining. Boy, that week God taught me something. There's an enthusiasm that comes with children that you get nowhere else. No, they'll add some to the church. They add some to the service. And, and, and no, don't never, don't never, never, never take lightly these children around the house of God. It is the voice of enthusiasm. But then notice I see a second voice. There's the voice of education. I run to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. Spiritual maturity is not just an age. It's not just an age. It's those who grow in their faith and begin to learn that God hears and answers prayers. Do you know this morning that God hears and answers prayers? Not because I've said it. Not because I've said it, but because you've experienced it. How many of you know that God is a great God? Not because I tell you He's a great God, but because you have experienced this in your life. How many of you know that God can do all things? We need to place our trust in Him totally. How many of you know that? Not because I tell you, but because you have experienced it. Boy, there's some things God does for us that's unique to us. He does it for no one else. And when we come out, we will look back and say, my, what a great God we serve. It is a a voice of education. You learn something about the God we serve. I'm glad I'm saved. I'm glad I'm going to heaven. I'm glad I got a home over there in glory. I'm glad I got a mansion. I'm glad the streets go. I'm glad for all those things. But I want you to know something. I'm thrilled beyond imagination that the God that helps me every day in the journey. He helps me every day in the... I'm not going to wait till I get to heaven to praise Him. I'm not going to wait till I get to heaven to rejoice Him. I'm not going to wait till I get there to enjoy the God I serve. Uh, If it's all right with you, I'm going to enjoy Him in the journey. How? Because I know voice of education. I've seen him do too much. <coughs> I've seen him do too much. I've seen him move in ways that nobody else could. And by the way, by the way, I tell you how well I know this. I know that when I call on him, he hears and answers my prayers. 
And I want you to know, I'm praying for some of you. I want you to know, I'm going to God for you. All you say, I want you to. You can't keep me from it. Amen? Well, people get mad at me not talk to me, but they can't keep me from talking to him. Oh, I want you, I'm praying for you. And I am believing God to do something wonderful and powerful in your life. Ah, it's a voice of education. But then there's the voice of experience. Oh, let me read you this verse. Don't miss this. Daniel chapter 3. These boys are standing before the king. He, he's going to, he done fired up the furnace. He's done mad. And he said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fire furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. But if not, be it known unto thee. I love this. O king, that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. King, I want you to know, we know by experience that God is in control. How many of you know God's in control? How many of you think you're in control? Amen. Oh, he's in control. I'm glad I serve a God. That's in control of this thing. May I say not only a voice of enthusiasm, a voice of education, but notice it's a voice of experience. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him from the beginning. Dr. R.C. Linsky said, now these heretics are denying the deity of Jesus and are claiming that he's the natural son of Joseph. And that his blood is not that of the Son of God. And what John does, he says, Fathers, I want you to know the Fathers takes back to the dayless, timeless past to a moment he calls the beginning. Beginning was the favorite concept of, of John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What Paul is saying is this. Here's what God's got in mind. This voice of experience says, not only do I know He's a God of my future and all that it entails, I know He's the God of today and all that it entails. But I know something else. He's the God of the timeless past. There never was a time he was not. Wow. There never was a time he had a beginning. There'll never be a time he's got an ending. If he can be the God of all the past, experience tells me he can be God of all my present. Oh, some of you need to get a hold of a bigger God than you got. Some of you, your God, you don't believe pay the light bill. Amen. Some of you don't believe God can give you a hot dog when you're hungry. I, I'm telling you, you need a bigger God than what some of you's got. God's way, 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 way too small. But if I believe He's God of all of the past, 
then I can believe that he's the God, by experience, that he's the God of all my present. Boy, every activity, every move, hair number 5,162 didn't fall out without him counting it. Now that number will be very low for some of you. Don't worry about it. Who was it? Who was it was telling me? I was talking about my hair turning white. And they said they was just turning loose. And they said, I want to talk to you about your white hair. Somebody was. See, the reality is, I serve a God that has all control today. But then that always some blessing. I know tomorrow. Now the newscaster, CNN, and all that bunch of reprobates, We'll, we'll, we'll try to paint you a picture that everything's horrible and the world's going to blow up. As a matter of fact, you watch much news, you'll get in the cave, get you some pork and beans and a gun and die anybody to come in it. But the reality is, the reality is, because he's the God of the beginning and the God of the present, I know he's got all my future. Even See, I've not got there yet, but he's already been there. He's already been there. He knows my future. I love that. Matthew Henry said, all Christians are not the same standing and stature. There are babes in Christ. By the way, there's folks sitting in church for 30 years. There are folks sitting in church for 30 years. I wonder if I just happen to have that in here. And they're still on the pacifier. Still on it. Been saved 30 years. Have never grown. Have never moved. I'm honest with you. I pastored some of you for several years. I dare say I've moved you an inch. You're still in the same place. Hey, I'm a little bit concerned for some of you. I love you. Love you with all my heart. But I'm a little bit concerned for some of you. You never see the need of a daughter. You never need to see the need. I never see you broken. I never see you uh, concerned. I never see, I never see a brokenness that moves you to come to the altar. Oh, you'll come with everybody else comes. I'm talking about coming for you. You know what it tells me? Either you're lost, either you're lost, or you're still a babe in Christ and you've not grown. Boy, isn't it strange? Matthew and him's got that little girl. Boy, she's a pretty thing. I'm telling you, she's pretty. And uh, they'll go to the doctor's visits and, and, and they'll do several things. They'll measure its length. If that baby doesn't start growing... Somebody's going to get alarmed. They'll measure its weight. They'll say, boy, it's gained, it's gained two pounds this past month. And everybody will smile because you know why? It is growing. Can I say, take something with you? If you're not growing in the things of Christ, guess what you're doing? You're dying. You're dying. So he says, voice, uh, Matthew Henry said, all Christians are not the same standing in stature. There are babes in Christ. There are grown men and old disciples. As these are states, so they have their duties. 
But there are precepts and corresponding obedience common to them all as particular mutual love and contempt for the world. First Corinthians 3, Paul said, I, and I, brother, could not speak unto you as spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as to babes in Christ. I, I, I read that, and you know what my thought was? My thought was, uh, here's the way, here's the way he's got to approach Christians. Now, goochie, goochie, goo. That's, that, that's, that's what I, when I read that, he, he, he's, he's telling, goochie, goochie, goo. Give, give me a smile. He said, he said, he's not going to speak to you as a spiritual, as a carnal, even as babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat. For hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able. For you are yet carnal, for where is there is... Now listen. For where is there is among you envy and strife and division, are you, are you not carnal and walk as men? You want to know why there's such chaos in your home? Because you're carnal. It's not my, it's what the Bible says. Vision, strife. For why one saith, I'm a Paul, another said, I'm a Paulist. And are you not carnal? So first, there's a word to the family. But in no second, there's a warning to follow. Love not the world. Neither things that are in the world. If any man, if any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. There must be a detachment, a separation. We are in the world, but we're not of the world. We have to live in the world, but we're not of the world. Second Timothy 2. Thou Therefore, endure hardness as a good soldier. No man that worth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may place him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. And if any man strive for mastery, yet he is not crowned, except he strive lawfully. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. Well, I told you, First John's a very practical book. Are you comfortable? Are you comfortable in this world? Does the world love you? Do you fit in this world? Have you ever been somewhere and you felt like a square peg in a round hole? And you knew very quickly you didn't you weren't fitting. Can I ask you a question? 
Can you be in the world where they're drinking, doping, all kinds of hell, and be comfortable? And I'm telling you, according to the word of God, there's something drastically wrong. And you need to be honest enough with your own heart and realize something's not right. 1 Corinthians 7 31. And they that use this world, that's not abusing it, for the fashion of this world passeth away. Puritan Bible commentator John Trapp writes one word ambition, pleasure, profit, performance. The lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Are the world's trinity to which he performed inward and outward worship. Wow. Solomon in Ecclesiastes chapter 2. One of the greatest passages you'll ever read. The the preacher said, I set mine heart Go to now, and I will prove thee with mirth. Therefore enjoy pleasure. Behold, this also is vanity. Here's what he said. The wise preacher said, I'm going to look at the world. I've got the means. I'm going to try everything and see if there's anything to it. This is what he does. This is what he says. He said, I said of laughter. He said, I got people making me laugh. It is mad and mirth. Why doeth it? I said in mine heart, I give myself unto wine, yet acquainteth mine heart with wisdom to lay hold on folly till I might see what, what was good for the sons of men that they should do under the heavens all the days of the life. Who said, I got wisdom, I got drunk, I had parties. He said, I've done it all to see if there's anything to it. That's what he said. He said, I built me great works. I made me great works. I built me houses, planted me vineyards. I made me gardens and orchards. And I planted trees of all kinds of fruits. I made me pools of water. He had a swimming pool. And that's something. To water wherewith the woods that bring forth trees. I got me servants and maidens. I got me silver. God, he said, I got everything. He said, now listen to this verse. And whatsoever, don't you listen to me. Whatsoever mine eyes desired, I kept not from them. I withheld not my heart from any joy. For my heart rejoiced in all my labor and this was a portion of all my labor. He said, anything I saw, anything I wanted, anything I wanted to do, anything I wanted to get, anything, 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 anything. He said, I gave it to myself. Now listen to what he said. Here the conclusion of the whole matter. Here's the conclusion. Fear God. Keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. You know what He said? 
Are you listening? He said, I got everything this world could offer. Everything. He said, when I got done, he said, I was just as empty, as empty, as empty as I was when I started. And he said, I come to this conclusion. The whole duty of man is to fear God and keep his commandments. He said, I tell you, he said, instead of me running that path, and by the way, some of you are doing it. You're doing your dead level best to get all the world you can get your hands on, to build all you can build, to get everything. You got, you got everything. But at the end of the day, are you listening? Are you listening? At the end of the day, you're as empty, as empty, as empty as you was when you started. Just as empty as you can be. But those that purpose in the heart to serve God and keep His commandments, there's a peace and a joy that you can't buy at Walmart or nowhere else. Dr. Thomas Chandler, Chandler said, the impulsive power of a new affection. There are two ways in which we may practically move from the human heart. It's love for the world. Number one, by understanding and witnessing the world's vanity is simply to withdraw. Second, he said, this is the way I like. He said, it's to love God so much that you have a place to love the world. Reverend Andrew Murray said, pride or loss of humility, stinking, rotten, Pride is the root of every sin and evil. Pride's what keep, will keep many of you in your pew this morning. Pride will keep many of you living a life, an entire life, and facing God one day, never getting possessing all the trifle yours. Pride will keep many people from losing out. All this to make it known through the region of eternity that pride can degrade the highest angels in heaven. But humility, the place and entire dependence on God. Boy, that's it right there. That's it. I'm in control! And I'm not going to give it to even God. Humility brings us to the place where we humbly bow, say, God, I sure need you today. God, I need you today. I want to ask you a question. Tell me a time you've fallen on your face and said, God, boy, I just need you today. I'm not asking you for anything. 
I just need you. God, if I just get you, then you'll be all I need. I dare say, there's some never find that place. I recall one day, Dr. Hiles went to visit a lady. She was very well-to-do. Very nice home. Very, very well-to-do. He shared with her the gospel. He said, now, he said, would you like to pray? She said, yes. And he said, let's just bow down here right now and pray. She said, Huh? What? Me bow? No. 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 I'm not going to bow. He began to realize very quickly she determined she was not going to bow. And she didn't get saved. I'll tell you this much. You can blow it out, whatever you want to do. You'll bow here or you'll bow there. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess to the glory of God. Either way, either, either place you want to do it. But we will bow. Oh, he finds this. James warns by the love of the world. James 4 4, your adulterers. And adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world's enmity with God, whosoever therefore be a friend of the world, is the enemy of God. Colossians 3, 1, 2. You then be risen with Christ. Seek those things which are above, where Christ sits on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. First of all, there's a word to the family. Second, there's a, there's a warning to follow. And number three, there's a will to finish. There's a will to finish. And the world passeth away and the lust thereof. May I tell you this much? This world, this thing, you're, this thing that you are giving your life for, the houses, the cars, the trinkets, the toys, the money, this, 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 this. One day, God's going to, going to annihilate it and it's going to be nothing but a heap of ashes. One day, it's going to all pass away. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Ephesians 5.15 See then do you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Redeem in the time, for the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Roman writer said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which are your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. God comes and says, Oh my goodness, I truly want you to know that if you abide in me 
He said, my goodness, he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Dr. R. David Reitmersch explains, although union with God is dependent on God's gracious initiative, it also requires a human response. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. The ideal is being in Christ and it is built on an intimate relationship. And he's, talks, and he's talking here, and all this goes together. He talks about the family, worth of the family, a warning to follow, but in a will to finish. Because the cycle of man's life is a fleeting life. James said, our life's like a vapor. We're here for just a moment. Then it vanishes away. The older I get, the more I stand amazed how quickly the years have clicked. I, I, it seems like yesterday I was 20. I probably won't see 20 again. Amen? And how fleeting. There's some of you today, you're in the springtime of childhood. Some of you are in the summer of youth. Some are in the autumn of maturity. And some are in the winter of old age. And each, each segment of life has its, every, every season has its joys and its sorrows. Each season has temptations and besetting sins. But each season is always a place that God said, I want you to grow. Little children, I want you to be excited that you're saved. Are you saved? Now if that offends you, you're probably not. Are you saved? Little children, enthusiasm. Oh, are you growing? Young man, are you growing? Do you know God more than you did when you got saved? Or are you still right there? Not growing at all. Older men, are you growing? See, I don't think there's a time till breath leaves our body that we stop growing. And this morning, John contrast two things that which is passing and the world passeth away and that which is permanent but he that doeth the will of God abides forever I'm done every one of us are doing one of two things we're living life we're living life for that which is passing the world or we're living life for that which is permanent. He that doeth the will of God abideth forever. You're either living for that which is passing or you're living for that which is permanent. Which one are you living for? Are you saved? 
If you are saved, which one are you living for? Everybody in this room, in the sound of my voice, is living for one of those two things. If you're living for the world, it's passing away. It's passing quicker than you think. But if you're living for God, it's permanent. It lasts. It's all standing to your feet. Every head bowed and every eye closed. If God has spoken to your heart this morning, would you please obey Him?